Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening in. Today, we have not one, but two amazing, wonderful guests for you guys today. This is Shoshana Cham and Adam Chan of The Plant Trainers. Thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. <laughs> um, for those of you guys who do not know uh, who these lovely couple are, um, they are a they are the co-hosts of the popular Plant Trainers podcast, and uh, the main purpose of it is really to help others improve their quality of life through nutrition and fitness. They are public speakers and also authors of the new Yummy Food activity book for kids. So um, they have a wonderful, wonderful story um, uh, individually um, and also together. Um, and you guys are calling from Toronto, correct? Yep. We're up here in Canada and Toronto for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Um, so my first question is, is that, you know, I love hearing about people's stories. Um, the centerpiece of this podcast is really to highlight um, you know, people's origins, you know, how they got from point A to point B. And obviously we have both of you guys individually, but what's unique is that you guys have gone through a lot of ups and downs and obstacles and, you know, life's roller coasters, you know, together. And I think it's very, very interesting for audience members to hear about that. So first question is, you know, tell us about, you know, your family story and what has prompted or catal catalyzed, you know, your, um, uh, pathway into, you know, getting more into a healthy lifestyle and specifically a plant-based uh, lifestyle for yourself, um, Shoshana and Adam. So I think that we were always into a healthy lifestyle, but what has changed over the years is our understanding of what a healthy lifestyle really is. We were both very athletic in our younger years. We were athletic in our twenties and even moving into our thirties. And when we you know, we, we were both personal trainers. We both ate better than a lot of our friends did. And we were good weight and just enjoying life as much as possible and working within what we understood to be a healthy lifestyle for fitness, a healthy lifestyle for nutrition and all of that. But then we realized very sharply that what we understood wasn't necessarily what was best for us and all of society. And it was kind of strange because if you looked at me from the outside, you'd see someone who looks completely healthy. And I think that's something that your listeners and the people that we come into contact can take away from the story that we're going to share is that just looking at somebody on the outside doesn't tell you whether you're healthy or not, because there's so much going on on the inside that we don't get to actually see. Mm -hmm. And, and so when I was 36 years old, I had this pain running across my chest into my left arm. And 
it seems very strange to me to be having symptoms of a heart attack at that age when I was so physically fit and thought I was eating very well, taking care of myself, teaching high school physical education and health and as a personal trainer. And it didn't make any sense. But I, I went to get checked out because it was something that was really bothering me. Right. And out of that checkup, it turned out that I have a tumor on my kidney. And it was very strange. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know why I would have it. But I was told by the doctor that I needed to have my kidney removed because it was a very strange kind of tumor. It's a hemangioblastoma. Mm. And it was in a weird location in the kidney. It was embedded. So it wouldn't be so easy to just remove the tumor. They thought it would be better to just take out the kidney and I could survive off one kidney. No big deal. Mm. But I, I didn't feel good about that. And so I went for another opinion who said the same thing. And I went for a third who said, let's do a biopsy first of the tumor to see if it's necessary to remove the entire thing. And so mm -hmm. I did that and had to wait a little bit for the results because in Canada, that's the way things work. And so mm -hmm. by the time I got the results back, the doctor called me and said, so I have some good news and I have some bad news for you. The good news is that it's a benign tumor. You don't have cancer. That's great. However, this type of tumor is very highly associated with a rare genetic disorder called VHL, von Hippolandau disease, of which I knew nothing about, of course. And as soon as I went to do some research, I learned about it a little bit, and I probably shouldn't have done that research. But what I learned was that most people by the age of 40 don't survive because of this disorder that deposits tumors along your central nervous system and takes over your body. Mm. And so I called a friend of mine who's a neurologist because I figured he'd be the right person to talk to. And he said that to find out the fastest way to find out if this is actually something you have would be to get a retinal exam. And the eye is a very good window into the body. And so I went for a retinal exam and the ophthalmologist told me that it doesn't look like I have VHL but my arteries in my eye is is they're they're narrowing the blood flow is not going through the middle of the eye it mm -hmm. looks like you have the beginning stages of heart disease and mm -hmm. so it's like one thing after the other which led me to researching how it's possible and what i could do if in fact i do have heart disease which is a big killer in north america and the mm -hmm. world and it's a huge problem and i don't want my family growing up without me around. And so, sure. yeah, my research led me to a plant-based diet and Forks Over Knives and Dr. Esselstyn's book and some other books that really were influential in my decision of turning to Shoshana one night and saying, tomorrow I am no longer eating anything that comes from animals. Mm -hmm. And so what was that, what was that reaction? Well, what he actually said is, I'm plant-based now. And I said, well, what is that? And he said, it's bas it's basically vegan. And I and I said, well, what's that? Like, that's some kind of vegetarian, right? Like, I didn't even really understand what a vegan was. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm a young parent. I just learned how to cook, period. Then I had to learn how to become gluten-free because our son was allergic to gluten. So how to cook gluten-free. And now you're telling me that the only thing I can cook was vegetables. We are a very vegetable heavy family, but 
more like steamed broccoli and steamed green beans, not mm -hmm. creating meals out of plants. We weren't that mm -hmm. heavy on the veggies. We were very heavy on the burgers and the steaks. And but the we always, but we had vegetables at every meal. We had we what, what would be a North American balanced meal. Right. Mm. Not as opposed to the sad diet where it's more heavy in, you know, meats and carbs and all that stuff. We were a little happier than sad. <laughs> <laughs> well now you're at a challenge you know state in 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 your family's timeline so um yeah i think that's very interesting adam so much for uh sharing that because the thing is is that you know when you're when someone says chest pain right we automatically you know think the heart and then the follow-up thing you mentioned was you know the kidneys and i just thought wow i mean it, was it, you know, because at the end of, you know, what you mentioned was, you know, the doctor saying that, okay, your arteries in your eyes are narrowing, the blood flow is narrowing, right? And, you know, why is that? And so that began, you know, began to make sense. So I, my follow up question was, you know, what was causing the chest tightness and the radiation of uh, referred pain to your arm? And um, uh, did you get a stress test? I didn't. Uh, I didn't go for a stress test. I don't know why. Uh, I just didn't. But what happened was the pain went away a couple days after I went to the hospital to get that check. And I guess it might have been just a strained muscle from a workout that I had done a few days before. Or maybe we had ordered in some pizza the night before and it was some digestion. <laughs> and they did do an ultrasound, which is what essentially found the tumor. And I think that wow. you can probably concur that most of the tumors that are found are actually found by accident. Yes. Yes. Especially ones in the kidneys. Um, you know, kidney cysts are uh, infamously found by accident. Um, and so for the audience uh, listeners, if you ever had um, findings on a imaging report, um, your doctors would sometimes report, oh, you know, this is an incidental finding and we just happen to found this looking for something else. So that's, uh, that's incredible. And so what, uh, what happened after that, Adam, because, you know, here you painted a picture, you know, very, very physically fit, very active, you know, you and your family, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, going on. Um, I think you, uh, you're also a two-time Ironman triathlete, right? I don't know if this was before or after plant-based, um, your plant-based switch, but, you know, obviously you're, you're definitely a model of health, right? A model for, you know, physical health. And so, you know, what, what, how, bring us through the steps of how you guys went through that change, because I'm sure a lot of audience members are, you know, in different stages with plant-based, right? Or maybe just hearing it for the first time. Um, they don't know how to start. They're in the middle of it or you know they you know don't know where to go so bring us through that timeline of how you got through that transition right so i actually one of the books that i read while i was doing all my research was a book by brendan brazier who's an ironman champion triathlete from canada and he's one of the co-founders of the vega products which most people probably have heard of by now and that kind of inspired me to change my fitness routine. I was playing late night men's hockey often during the week and my sleep patterns were very off. And so I thought, well, hey, maybe I should stop doing that and I could start running because if he's able to compete at that level on a plant-based diet, why can't I? 
And so that's what got me kicked into starting to run a little bit. And then I decided to do a charity bike ride. And then the only piece missing was swimming. So I got into triathlon kind of like that and ended up doing those races. As far as the nutrition aspect, the fridge was divided for quite a while. It was my food on one side and the family's food on the other and I was committed. I'm very black and white in my decision-making processes. And once I decide I'm in, I'm in. And there's no going back. That's just my personality. And so I was dedicated and committed to eating a whole food plant-based diet and doing the best I can to see what the effects would be without taking medication and trying to heal myself on my own. And so I did that. And I actually did that. Like it, mm. it actually changed the course of whatever disease was in me because after a year I went back for a follow-up retinal exam and the mm -hmm. images showed that the blood flow is much brighter red. It's going through the arteries are opened up. And so uh -huh. the heart disease disappeared within a year mm. and the doctors was, they said, what medication were you taking? How did this happen? And so I just told them the the changes that I made in my diet and the levels of activity that I changed. And, and it was very dramatic. Uh, it was a very eye-opening of like, <laughs> no especially for them, <laughs> it was really dramatic. And it, it just showed me how powerful food is and how we really need to pay more attention to the food that we're fueling ourselves with, not just for the pleasure but for all types of performance, mentally, emotionally, physically, the, the food has such a dramatic effect. And mm -hmm. I would say a few months in, Shoshana started to come on, to, on board with, with the way I was eating because she was noticing some of the changes that I had been going through. Well, I'm definitely not as black and white as Adam. And because I hadn't done the research myself, he was showing me the research and mm -hmm. like I said, I was a young mom when all of this happened. I don't think Adam said, but when all, when, when he had that pain in his chest, I had just found out that I was pregnant again. So mm -hmm. we had a little one at home, that whole like nine months of finding out, you know, MRIs and, and biopsies and all of that happened while I was pregnant. So I was going through, you know, um, some postpartum depression. I was going through going back to work, leaving my kids at home, all different types of things that I was going through. And he was showing me. And so I was in that position that usually with our clients, we hear about the man being in that position where the woman's trying to get them to become plant-based. I was that person. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was just very overwhelming trying to do it all at once, really trying. I didn't quite make the link yet that if this was in Adam's body without us knowing that this could very well be in my body without me knowing as well, mm -hmm. that took a little bit of time to really make that correlation. And I was kind of thinking, well, I should probably make a change so I don't get into his position. But I didn't mm -hmm. realize that I could have already been there without even knowing. So my transition was a lot slower. Uh, I started to cut back, of course, on red meat first, and then chicken and then fish mm -hmm. and eggs and dairy were really the last things to go. And it took probably six to eight months overall to make that full circle of saying, okay, I'm done with all these foods now. But what I did do, so this was about May, and my birthday was in November. So I said, I'm going to have a steak on my birthday because I deserve it. And if I go to a party throughout the summer and they're serving a cheese platter, 
I will indulge in the cheese platter if I decide to. Well, when the mm-hmm. cheese platters came by that time, I was done. I said, no, November had come and I was nowhere close to ever wanting a steak again. Mm. But I think because I'm not so black and white, allowing myself to make a choice in the moment helped me make that final choice for real. So that kind of was my story. And then our children took a little bit longer too, because as much as I understood about the science for us, I wasn't sure that I was feeding my kids enough nutrients to make up for the lack of meat, which now Mm -hmm. I I kind of giggle at, but I totally Mm -hmm. respect anybody who feels the same way because I didn't realize how much damage I could have still been doing to them. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure that they were just willing to eat enough beans and rice and other foods to fill up the bulk so that they'd feel full without them defaulting back to candy. And so to answer your question, one of the things that we learned as a family was that everybody's so different and it can take one person one night to make the change where it could take somebody else months and months. Mm. And because everyone's so different, we like to meet people where they are and help them through the process. And if it if it's something that you really want to do, you can do it and you don't have to rush into it. There are ways to do it progressively so that you're becoming healthier over time if you have the time to do so. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, yeah. I think those are very, very important points to make because, you know, obviously you have one's individual journey, you know, when they're going through their own health and needing to decide, you know, when when to make this choice, right? Once you have, once you're informed as much as possible, you know, this is what I tell my patients as I'm transitioning them to plant bases, you know, I, I'm just here to educate and inform you, right? What you do with this information is really left up to you, you know, and most of my care for patients is really adult medicine. Um, so they are, you know, they're full, um, fully, you know, um, accountable for their own decisions. And I don't really press upon them. I don't do any finger pointing. I don't do any preaching, anything like that. I just simply educate them. And like you're saying, um, Adam, is that everyone does come from a different um, spot on the spectrum. You know, you have people that want to change overnight. I had plenty of patients that did that. And I had other patients that are still thinking about it, still in process. Um, but I think what's beautiful about your situation is that, you know, Adam, you know, kind of spearheaded it, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you know, like you were saying, Shoshana, it was that, you know, he was the one that was going through the situation. He was the one going through the health, you know, health situation. And so it acted as sort of, you know, if I don't get something together now, you know, when am I going to do this, you know, and, um, you know, it does take some time. And I'm very, very happy to hear, um, you know, that you guys have been able to go through that process. How many years ago was this? So all of this began 10 years years ago, ago. because our daughter is nine now. So all of this began 10 years ago, Adam went plant based in October of 2011. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had gone back to school. So it was October of 2011. Did you, Shoshana, I'm going to turn the uh, questions to you. Um, 
having gone through this transition, did you individually feel um, any changes, whether it's physically, mentally, or emotionally, uh, when you have um, completely went to plant-based? Yes, yes, and yes. So like I had (laughs) mentioned, I had just had two children and was going through some mental health issues. So it definitely, definitely helped in losing that baby weight that I hadn't lost. Um, my kids were two years apart, so I didn't bother losing any weight from my son before, you know, before I had my daughter. So it was, it was there. And because stress was high, it was harder to lose. So I definitely felt that and saw that fall off quite quickly. I believe now, and I don't know, and I don't really care, but I believe now that I had a dairy allergy my whole entire life from the age of three years old, I had some serious ear infections, sometimes every week, sometimes twice a month, um, Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, my whole entire life, I spent years with tubes, they didn't work. I was behind in school because I couldn't hear well, no permanent hearing loss, but because my ears were totally blocked up all the time, I couldn't hear properly. So even into my 20s, I was still getting ear infections and perforated eardrums. But when I and then they turned into more Um, sinus infections and strep throat, but it's still a few ear infections. But when I stopped eating dairy, when I stopped eating all the animal products, they definitely came less frequently. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I would get them maybe two or three times a year, instead of five or six times a year. And Mm -hmm. that took years and years to slow down. And I believe that has a lot to do with my gut microbiome and fixing a lot of the cellular damage that had been done, you know, throughout the last 40 years. So I'm definitely in a much better spot um, today than I ever, ever was. And I saw that happen too. And when I eat whole food plant-based, I feel so much better. And I don't necessarily realize that until I've gone and eaten a oily meal in a restaurant or, or, you know, indulge Mm -hmm. too much at a party or something like that. I'll never go back to eating non vegan food. But if I eat too much of the junk food, I definitely feel my mental health change. So yes, plant based has helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Because um, it's so important, um, especially when you're making your own health transition to be able to rely on your own body's, uh, you know, health cues, you know, Um, whether it's something as subtle as just feeling gas or feeling bloated to, you know, being, you know, having your skin break out to, you know, like you, Adam, actually having chest pain. So, you know, it's, um, it's very different for uh, every individual. You know, there's no cut and dry to it, but it gives us more of a self-awareness to our own physical health and how, you know, we, you know, just value and how we just view it as, you know, um, it's just very precious to know what your body's going through because it's going to affect everyone else. Um, I love it. Um, I would love to switch gears and talk about what you guys have created, which is the plant trainers. Um, please uh, kind of walk us through, um, you know, the motivation to be able to create this and, you know, your inspiration to help others. I think once I realized that I'm not alone in this and that what happened to me could happen to other people. It really struck a chord because I looked healthy. I thought I was healthy, but I didn't see it on the outside. And there are so many people walking around that, so to speak, could be ticking time bombs and they don't know it either. So I kind of felt like I needed to share my story with people and needed to help people understand the importance of the food they're consuming 
before it's too late, before they have to make the change. And so I said to Shash, you know, why don't we start a podcast and start sharing all this great information and learn from amazing people around the world while we're sharing that information? And she said, no. <laughs> no, I said no. I, we had two young kids. I had gone back to work. I was, I was definitely stuck in somewhere in between depression and anxiety, and a, a little bit of both. So I, you know, I, my mind wasn't on helping other people. My mind was in helping myself first. He was in the position where he was ready, um, but it took him a year of being persistent. It, he he didn't have to. Like convince we me. I, I was going to say he didn't have to convince me that much to marry him, but he had to convince me that much to start the <laughs> podcast. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, once I started to feel better, we like our hearts are just so, so crying for everybody else that may be in the same situation that we were in or worse. And we wanted so much to help as many people as possible, never get into that situation, try to get mm. as many people as possible before they're in that awful point in their life to understand the science, to understand that it can be done with young children, to understand that athletes can thrive too. Um, it's not all about animal-based protein that we can do really well. And for those people who were already in that situation, we wanted to give them an out. We wanted to say, here is your best chance at healing. Here's the greatest experts. Here's all the information you need to know. Here we are breaking it down easily for you because for Adam, it wasn't so hard, but for me, it was hard. And I wanted everybody to have the tools that they needed and a helping hand. Yeah. So you guys have, uh, and how many years ago was that when you guys first started? So we celebrated our five-year podcast anniversary this mm. past January. So this year. All right. All right. Well, definitely uh, looking up to you guys since I started mine uh, just last year. So, and I can see you guys have touched so many, so many people. Um, and so, you know, we're going to continue this. Um, what, so transitioning off of that, um, what have you noticed? Uh, what types of clients do you take, you know, for, um, because you guys also do one-on-one coaching, um, you know, you guys have, you know, your services through, uh, not just the podcast, but also different, like just explain your, your services. And, um, from that, what have you noticed with, um, individual stories, you know, your client stories and how has your, your helped, um, assisted them to make this transition? Well, plant trainers is our, our company and the plant trainers podcast is of course part of that. And Adam and I do different types of coaching. So a lot of the coaching that I have done has been with men or women, uh, most of them who have children, uh, it just kind of happens that way, who are looking to either become fully plant-based and understand and make sure that they're eating all the foods that they need to eat, incorporating some other lifestyle modalities like fitness, meditation, and things like that. And we, we have done a lot of small group programs as well, like the Plant Powered Party that has allowed people to, in a community group, become plant-based together and try it out for, you know, 28 days and normally it lasts. So my clients have been able to come off of insulin in a couple of weeks. Of course, I'm not the one taking them off. Their doctor is, but they're getting mm -hmm. into the situation where they can. I've had, you know, parents who are crying because they can't make their children's lunch because they can't use their fingers because of inflammation. And all of a sudden they're able to, you know, they're, they're able to use their joints in ways that they weren't able to before. All, all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, we've helped a family of eight 
to become fully plant-based. A little girl didn't have to go through an operation because mm. of that. Um, they've lost hundreds of pounds or the family, like I think almost 200 pounds, the whole family together. Um, you know, there's been wonderful situations. So I tend to work more with, you know, the, the individual to help overcome whatever it is that they're looking for. And Adam's a little bit more on the I guess Adam attracts more of the athletes. Yeah, I usually work with people who are looking to get into fitness a little bit more and to maybe do their first 5K, half marathon, marathon, triathlon. And at the same time, I always try to incorporate the nutrition piece because as I said earlier, there's so much power in the food we consume and it really allows us to do more than we think we're capable of doing. But I think mm. the important piece that, we should mention is that the people that get the results are the people that come to us that have already made up their mind that this is what they want to do. They already know that they need to make a change. They just need some guidance in getting to where they want to go. It's very challenging when somebody comes to you and says, you know, fix me, but they don't really want to do the things that are going to help to, yeah, exactly. They, they don't want to do the work. They want to be just told what to do and maybe they'll do some of it. So it's really important that when people want to make change, the change will happen. If they don't really down deep want to make the change, it's very difficult for anybody to help them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it goes back to what I was saying before is, um, you know, really looking at yourself, looking at yourself in terms of the big picture, right? And um, I think a lot of what our society, you know, um, you know, me speaking from American sense, but also it does affect a lot of Western, um, you know, developed and developing countries because, you know, because of globalization, um, a lot of how we eat trickles into, you know, pretty much almost every society, uh, unfortunately. And, um, you know, you kind of have to look at your own health journey and see where you're going to fall at given the right, correct information, right? And there's just so much misinformation out there nowadays. And then at the same time, you know, I, I teach my patients that, you know, you, it's not just you, you know, you also have an influence on someone else, you know, it's kind of like telling someone to give up smoking, but they go back to their circle of friends that continue to smoke. So I would presume that, you know, if Adam, if you had started, you know, your health journey and your motivation, you know, to get started, and then, you know, Shoshana was like, I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, and that would be, that'll be a, 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 an unfortunate, you know, it, um, you know, roadblock, right? So it's, you know, the first thing is making up your mind first, right? For our audience, uh, listening audience members and, you know, and being, being very, very firm. And you may have naysayers out there. You may have people that don't believe in you. You may not have people that understand where you come from, but it's very, very important to make up your own mind first uh, once you're presented with the right, you know, information. And at the same time, don't try to change other people while you're going through the process, because that's a mistake that we see a lot of people doing. The truth is that when people start to see a change in you, they're going to start to ask you what's going on and want to know more about it. So instead of pushing what you're doing on people, work on yourself first, and then other people will be attracted to that and want to know how they could do it for themselves. 
Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, definitely. Going off of that, um, what other examples or reasons uh, did you find working with your clients over time that gives them a tough time to transition? You know, is it just with their social circles or, you know, what are some other, um, you know, tough points or challenges for them to transition? So I think work is a hard one for a lot of people, especially people who are working in environments where they need to travel, where they need to go on client meetings, dinners. Um, There's a lot of socializing. So often people will feel that the restaurant that was chosen doesn't have enough for them to offer or that they don't want to be different or make a stink in the meeting Mm. because it can go, you know, a bad way, or they're being mocked in the kitchen all the time in the, in the lunch break room. And they don't, they don't like that per se. So I think that it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable, insecure. It makes them feel like they don't really know how, how to perform at the same level that they did before. And it sometimes trips them up. But at the same time, it's all right to be tripped up. So if you're doing totally fine, and then you have, you know, a Christmas party or something like that from your from your work, and okay, so you do go ahead and eat from the cheese platter, but then you feel awful the next day. It that's bad in a sense, but it's also recognition that, hey, I'm doing this for a reason. I didn't realize how badly these foods made me feel before. And now that I had that little reminder, it gives me that oomph to keep going. And a lot of it is, you know, planning and thinking ahead and how to get through airports. I mean, things have changed so much in the last five years. Yeah. So how to get through airports with, you know, like days on end of traveling. It's totally doable now, but with, you know, with somebody to talk it through with a coach to be able to say, what am I going to do? It really gives people more confidence so that they can get back to what it is they really need to be doing. And people need to worry less about what other people are thinking about them and stop allowing judgment to cloud their progress. And it's really important to understand that you're doing this for you. And Mm -hmm you want to be successful in this. You want to change your life. You want to be healthier. You want to be more fit. Don't worry about what the other people are thinking. Do your thing because you'll get to where you want to go if you focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about developing that internal strength and, um, you know, that fortitude, right? Um, but that takes a lot of courage and bravery. And, um, you know, I ta- we had talked about these concepts um, in my previous episodes with different guests. And you don't, you don't necessarily need to seek the confidence first, you know, you need to kind of step out of your comfort zone. You know, whether it's transitioning for, you know, your health journey or any aspect of life, you know, you had mentioned, Adam, you know, you got to do for you. And isn't that this can be applied to other aspects, you know, I'm saying. Um, And so I think health is um, and this is something I've repeated over time is that it affects us all. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a homeless person or a billionaire CEO. It's like if you don't have your health, you know, you can't really go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So um, I totally agree with you. You know, you got to be able to look at yourself and, you know, choose you at the end of the day. I think that 
people make a lot of car analogies when it comes to plant-based living, you know, that you wouldn't put, you know, the wrong gasoline inside your car, the cheap gasoline inside your car to make it go. But I think if you take it back a step and you say, I don't get in the car and turn the car on without putting my seatbelt on first. So my seatbelt goes before because I want to protect myself. I think if people think about the foods that they eat, like their seatbelt, it will help Mm. them to make a better choice because people know that that one time where they're not going to put on their seatbelt, you know, can very well be the last time they drive a car. So if we kind of bring Mm. it back, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your guests have spoken about your why, why do you want to be healthy? What do you want to achieve in life? And I think it's really important just to make a choice every time to put on your seatbelt. It's an excellent, excellent analogy. What are some common misconceptions, um, you know, with this, you know, because I know a lot of people, we are going for different uh, information and those information may not be as accurate, right? So I've, I've encountered a lot of common misconceptions that, you know, uh, not enough protein, not enough calcium, you know, I'm not going to feel full, you know, things like that. What are some ones that you guys have uh, received over time with plant-based? I mean, definitely the protein one, I need my protein, and I don't feel full. And I think that those tend to go hand in hand, whether they realize it or not. And when people start to eat plant based, they need to realize, especially if they're eliminating oils, that they're not getting enough, uh, they're not getting as many calories with every bite. So therefore, you might need to eat a bit more food to be able to feel as full to fill up your, your nutrient receptors to fill up the the hole in your stomach, you need to eat more food. And people say, but I ate the salad at the restaurant. And I'm like, well, great, I needed to eat two salads at the restaurant, or I needed to come home and eat another salad when I got home. Because that that salad at the restaurant is not enough, especially when you're eliminating all the oils from it. So I think a big misconception is that people don't feel well or full on a plant based diet simply because they're not eating enough food. Yeah. yeah, I think another one is also that it's got to be more expensive. And I don't see how I could eat that way if, if fruits and vegetables are going to be so much more expensive, which it really isn't. If you know how to shop and you buy things in proper bulk and you know the kind of products you buy are not expensive. If you think about it, rice is not expensive. Beans are not expensive. Potatoes are not expensive. You just need to know what to do with them and how to buy the right foods. Right. And so the other piece is that, oh, but it's going to take me so much time to prepare my meals and I'd rather just go pick up something quick. And, and while that's true, it could take a little bit more time to prepare your meals. There are ways around that by meal planning and batch cooking and preparing your food in advance. And there are adjustments that you will have to make, but as you do it, over the long term, you'll start to realize that it's really not that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. it, it does make a huge difference when you do things like that. And so it's it's pretty easy once you understand how to do it. And if you dial it back to the science and eat based on what the science is telling you, then you'll understand that you don't need to spend, like when Adam was talking about, it could be expensive. For some people it is because they're going out and they're buying, you know, Sacha Inchi and maca powder and they're buying every single <laughs> thing that's marketed as healthy, that's marketed as plant-based. Yeah. And that's where you get yourself into trouble. The superfoods are not those foods. Those are the expensive foods that people are using as adaptogens. What we need is we need 
the real superfoods, the everyday superfoods, like the broccoli and the kale and the brown rice and the beans, the things that are whole foods. If you're eating whole foods and not thinking about all of these packaged powders, then you're really not going to spend a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what uh, markets are like in Canada. But for us, you know, um, you know, a head of broccoli could for some people is more expensive than, you know, a liter of Coke, right? Um, You know, uh, organic is definitely uh, priced uh, heavier, you know, but what I, I circumvent that and I, you know, like you said, Adam, it's, you know, I defer them to, you know, bulk items, you know, go to your bulk section, or go to your local Asian market or your local Latin market and um, or any ethnic market and their foods are actually you know much much more cost effective and affordable you know um, and I agree with you about the meal prep you know meal prepping is actually the thing that takes the most time however you know I changed and reframed the language where well guess what you know your health actually starts from the kitchen because you know exactly what's going into your food and in the long run you're actually you know uh, spending less money by preparing food at home as opposed to putting money into people um, that are preparing your foods, which you're basically outsourcing. And at the same time, you don't know what's going into your food, right? And businesses are not... Yeah, exactly. And businesses aren't there to look after your health. They're there to make money. So they're going to be using cheap ingredients to be able to cut costs to prepare the foods that you're buying, you know, on a takeout or delivery, you know, so it brings it back to that question of, are you ready to make that commitment? Are you ready to make that choice? And if you are, then it's just what you got to do. It's not a plant-based thing. It's a healthy thing. So whether you're going to be whether you're going to decide not to do the fast food window thing and you're going to be making all your food at home from scratch and it's going to include animal products, you're still going to have to shop for that. You're still going to have to plan for that. You're still going to need a ton of vegetables for that. The, you know, it, it's, if you're ready to make a choice in your health, then you should follow the science, which is showing plant-based every time it's, if you're going to make a healthier lifestyle and include the animal products, you're still going to have to put in all of that effort anyway. And the costs might change a little bit that way anyway, but it really does mean that you're going to have more energy. You're going to be able to work more, or maybe you're going to get more done in less time and have more time to spend with your family. You're going to have that energy to wake up at six in the morning and start to wait and start to work out things are going to change in ways that you have no idea and life is just going to seem that much more better. And you won't believe us until you do it. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. I love it guys. Um, So we're going to close out and uh, I love asking my guests this question. um, You know, how do they personally thrive? You know, obviously we have heard your stories and, you know, seen and, you know, have, you know, gone along the journey of how you experience, you know, that motivation, but, um, you know, what makes you guys, what makes you guys, you know, get up in the morning, what pushes you to keep going? Um, and then the second part of that question is, you know, give us three tips, you know, for our listening audience, um, in terms of how to start or stay plant-based. I would say my motivation is brings me back to 10 years ago when I looked in my son's eyes and I was told I wouldn't be alive past the age of 40. And I said to myself that I need to be here for the long haul so that I could watch my family grow. And anytime that I second guess what I'm doing, which happens sometimes, 
I always mm-hmm. bring myself back to that time because it was such an impactful moment where I was so focused on making sure I do what's best for my health so I could affect and impact everybody else around me. As far as uh, tips, uh, I, w- I would think being consistent is important. I think learning how to develop new skills is important. And I also think being patient is important mm-hmm. and not rushing your process and taking your time at your pace to get to where you want to go. For me, it's about being an example for my children and giving my children the skills to navigate their way through life without having to get into the situation that they have to undo. I want them to be responsible adults. I want them to be an inspiration for others. And when I wake up as my best self, I can set an example for them. So that's definitely what helps me thrive. I'm going to try to think of three tips that Adam didn't say, but um, <laughs> definitely put putting yourself in a community that helps you grow, that helps you thrive. So whether that's a uh, online community or finding something near you or following a bunch of Instagram accounts that really work for you, try to feel that sense of community so that you don't feel like you're all alone. Uh, meal planning is important. A hundred percent is important. So whether you're starting off with one meal a day or one meal a week, that's going to be the meal that you cook, or that's going to be completely plant-based or that's going to be completely unprocessed make a plan for that, write it down, know exactly what to do. And the last thing is just really know that if you be, the last thing is be kind to yourself. So know that if you do slip up, or if you have made a choice that didn't end up good in the in the long run, or that, you know, you've you you weren't able to follow everything that you wanted to do, that that's okay, because every Every breath we take, every meal we have, every new minute is a chance to make a different decision. So we we did it, we accept it, and we move on. And we didn't ruin a day, we didn't ruin a week, we didn't ruin a month, we didn't ruin a year, we didn't ruin anything. We simply made a choice and we have opportunity to make other choices moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love it. I'm inspired by you guys and I'm sure our listening audiences will, you know, continue to, you know, get started, be inspired and help each other because at the end of the day, it's all about support. It's all about community, no matter where your health journey is. So I definitely thank you both. Um, For those of uh, our audience members that want to look you guys up and reach out to you, where can they find you? So our podcast is the Plant Trainers Podcast, and it's available on any listening platform. Our website, planttrainers.com. And the best place to interact with us right now is probably on our Instagram page, which is just at planttrainers. We love to be active there and connect with everybody that uh, comes into contact with us. So we hope that people reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much for coming on our show and sharing your inspiration and story and wisdom. And, um, you know, it's been a blast. Um, yes, (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. And it's, uh, awesome to be on your podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Um, guys, this has been another episode of Thrive Bites. If you enjoy this, please like, subscribe, and follow, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks, everyone. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, 
please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.